Welcome back to Left of Normal, where everything that isn't right is left, and everything that is left is right. I'm your host, Scott Siri. First of all, I appreciate every one of you that listens to my ramblings, and I hope that you're finding value with this podcast. If you do, then there are plenty more people out there that would also like to find value in these casts, but they just don't know about it yet. If you would do me a solid and share this episode with your network, and then include a few words on why you enjoy it and you tune in each week, that will actually help maximize the benefit that we all receive, because then I get to see my analytics and say, wow, people are actually listening. So last week, uh, we pulled a few snippets from the official diagnoses of those on the spectrum. Then I shared my thoughts and feelings about them and how I have, or sometimes have not, experienced something similar and how it how it goes on in my mind, how these things process through in my mind. Be sure to scroll on back to that episode when you're done here. There's some good stuff in there. This week, we are going to look at stress, uh, what it's all about, and how the left of normal mind largely eliminates it. Uh, Largely because stress isn't always a bad thing, and sometimes you just straight up can't get rid of it. In some instances, I'm going to be using the words anxiety and stress interchangeably, sometimes maybe even worry. Uh, When I do, I'm not referring to chronic anxiety or generalized anxiety disorder. These are much bigger issues, and they require the help of a mental health specialist. What I'm referring to is more of situational anxiety that has to do with a particular event or a period of time. So stress is our, nat- our body's natural way of dealing with something that's important. It's really a chemical reaction to a situation that demands our attention. Generally, the more stress we feel, the more important that situation is. For example, if you're in school and you have a paper to write, uh, you get a little bit of stress buildup when you learn that it's due. But it's generally several months away, so that stress is very minimal because you have tons of time to prep for it. Now, as that time approaches, the and you haven't even cracked open a book to start researching the paper that you're going to write, that you have to write, now that stress is increasing. Uh, it's a bit of a carryover from kind of ancient days when, instead of writing papers, humans knew that winter was coming quickly, and we needed to stock up on supplies or else we'd be dead. Now, as the season approached, the stress increased, unless it was alleviated with a healthy stockpile of supplies. Today, however, stress is rarely life and death. Yes, Those nerves of getting the presentation ready for your boss are important. The stress to study for that test is necessary, and anxiety of whether or not your significant other is going to enjoy the meal that you painstakingly slaved over throughout the entire day is absolutely real. But for the most part, it's unnecessary, 
and something we can remedy with a few simple procedures. It's really one of those mind over matter situations. So let's get into this. We'll talk about what causes stress and anxiety in the left of normal mind. Many of these things, I've talked about them in previous episodes, so we're not going to dwell on them too intently. We will talk about the techniques that everyone should use to overcome stress and why some of our stress is irrational, or most of our stress is probably irrational. And then we'll talk about a few books that deal with stress and similar topics. Uh, these books get into the implications of being overstressed and, in some sense, some circumstances, understressed. So buckle up. This one's going to be a bit stressful. Where where does stress come from? First of all, let's talk about that. Now there are obviously a variety of sources. I just mentioned a few of them. And I'll tell you some of the things that make me feel stressed as a left of normal, and then talk in general what I believe to be the root cause or really the overall catch-all source of basically all stress that's out there. Because of the way the left of normal brain works, we tend to be a little bit slower in taking information that has to do with acting in a socially acceptable manner. This means that we can figure out those things, but it takes us longer than it takes the normies who just kind of get it. Ours is more of a deliberate thought process to understand what needs to be done. For instance, let's suppose I'm listening to a presentation and the presenter cracks a joke. Now, Jokes are usually funny to most people, but every now, now and then, a joke may remind you of a particular circumstance in your life, and now it's actually just a little bit funnier to you than it would be to everyone else. So the presenter cracks a joke, everyone laughs, but because your thought process is going very rapidly and you realize, oh, that joke actually pertains to that one time and that's even funnier, now you laugh louder or longer, or maybe you snort a little bit because you're trying to catch your breath, and I don't really understand how people snort when they laugh. Somebody want to fill me in on that one? So it's just something that comes naturally, this laughter, because of the humor. And things like this can actually end up being stressful for a left of normal, as we're constantly trying to see if we're doing things the right way. So we need to make sure that we're not laughing too loud or too quietly or snorting or whatever it may be because in my mind there's a an acceptable range of laughter and when you go outside of that people think you're weird or odd or something's wrong with you of course one-on-one -on -one conversations can also be stressful that's because of that whole eye contact thing for the most part we've talked about that a lot so we won't even go there now, outside of personal interactions, there are other things that will lead to stress. The idea of having to go out and do things that I don't want to do can be stressful. For instance, with my job, I have to network, and that's a lot of work. It's less net and more work in my mind. Sometimes networking events are okay, but usually it's stressful building up to them and during them and 
after them. Like other jobs, mine can be stressful. I can watch the little clock on my computer just keep ticking away, and I watch the material that I need to create just not tick away. As deadlines approach, like any other job, it feels stressful to struggle to get that stuff done. And that especially compounds when I'm outside my normal routine and unable to just sit and focus due to whatever reasons, a variety of distractions that creep into all our lives. Distractions like pets and children and repeatedly getting up and going out to our garden to see if it's grown since I've checked on it this morning. As soon as I'm done recording, I need to go out to the garden to see if it's grown in the last two and a half hours. You never know. Things grow quickly. So growing up, there was plenty of anxiety and stress. And most of this revolved around school, as that was a big part of life from age 5 to 18 or 20 or whatever it happened to be. Schools are generally not designed to be comforting or supportive of those on the spectrum. And after school, when you're done and you're into the job, the career age of your life, jobs and job interviews tend to be a little stressful. And one of my favorite conspiracy theories is that all the normies got together and they said, hey, let's make job interviews and workplaces difficult for those with autism. We'll set them up. We'll design the entire structure of the workplace so those on the spectrum ultimately fail. And then going into the job interview as an adult, not only do I get stressed about getting the job, but I'm also anxious about the interview ex itself because most interviews are just a measure of how much eye contact you can make, how well you smile, and how much can you impress the interview with your wit and charm. Basically, I was just way too witty and sarcastic, and my puns were off the charts, and nobody ever wanted to hire me because I put them to shame. It's my theory anyway. So as you can see, stress comes from a variety of areas. It manifests itself in a variety of different ways. And so let me let you in on a little secret that ultimately will help mitigate most of the stress out of your life. The short version is stress just doesn't exist. It's completely made up by your mind. It's pretend. It's something that your brain invented because it doesn't know what else to do. There's not really a firm plan or outline in place, so your brain says, oh no, it's stress. So let me clarify a little bit. There's a great book by Josh Medcalf called Chop Wood, Carry Water. In one of the chapters, he talks about the illusion of uncontrollable events, and in another one, he talks about be where your feet are. The idea of be where your feet are is that if you're thinking about the past, there is worry and there's regret. When you think about the future, there's stress and anxiety. But if you're in living in the moment, the place where your feet are, there is no stress. So the other idea of uncontrollable events is all about knowing 
what you can control and knowing what is outside of your control. For instance, a lot of us worry or stress about the weather ruining our upcoming event or activity. But as we know, there is absolutely nothing we can do about the weather. We can only dress accordingly and adjust our attitude towards it. That actually reminds me of a recent advertisement, some outdoor clothing company I saw and said had a picture of somebody is all raining. They got their Gore-Tex coat on hood up and everything. It says there's no such thing as bad weather, only inappropriate clothing. The idea is dress for comfort, adjust your attitude, and you can enjoy every day regardless of what Mother Nature's thrown at you. So when, when we can focus on what matters, when we focus on what we can control, we see that stress isn't going to do us any good because it's not going to change or influence those things that we cannot change or influence. So stress management tip number one, actually number two, number one would be realize that the bulk of stress doesn't really exist or really no stress exists. It's your brain's way of coping with something that it doesn't know how else to cope with. Stress management tip number two, if something is getting you down, if it's bumming you out, causing stress, anxiety, or worry, consider if there's anything you can do to influence change or manipulate it. Now, right off the bat, probably half of the stressors in your life should disappear. That's kind of the whole, it's kind of the whole idea behind the saying, let go, let God. Basically, you, you don't, it's out of your control. Stop trying to control it because trying to control it only creates stress. Now, there are a lot of things that aren't, aren't completely outside of our control, but they can still cause us stress. Here's where a lot of people tend to get confused because they might say, man, I'm super anxious today, but they didn't really pinpoint the cause of that anxiety. And their confusion sets in because there is a cause, but and they're feeling it. It's a gut feeling. It's an intuition, if you will, a knot in the stomach, or you know, when you're anxious or stressed, you, you have a physical feeling. You know it's there, but it's not immediately clear why. And that confusion sets in where people just say, shoot, I don't know. And then they never pursue anything else. And they just leave it there. And they jump right into their stress or anxiety-busting activities. For instance, a lot of people, if they're feeling anxious or stressed, they go for a jog or a run or they get some exercise. Others dive into their hobbies. One of mine is watching the plants grow, literally, or playing with rocks. It's fancy rocks, you know, agates and cool ones, not just any rocks. You gotta find the neat ones and polish them and make them look pretty. So think about this for a minute. If you put your shoes on and you discovered that as soon as you put your shoes on, your foot hurt, would you sit back and be like, huh, well, I guess my foot hurts today. Let's just do some anti-foot hurting activities. You hop on one leg or you just don't use your feet and you sit all day long. It's kind of absurd to even think about it. No, if you put your foot into a shoe and all of a sudden your foot hurts, you take the shoe off and you discover that one of your children has placed a Lego in there or maybe a giant spider has moved in and is biting your toes. 
So likewise, to bust the stress that is ultimately bumming you out, you don't just jump right into those anxiety, stress-busting activities, but instead take a little bit of time and figure out why you're anxious. What's bugging you? And why are these physical symptoms of stress or anxiety showing up and getting you down? For me, this generally doesn't take too long. I have discovered that it's an incomplete loop in my mind that has started. So those loops are things that you have to close. It's kind of the whole premise behind like a cliffhanger when you're watching a movie and they leave you with a cliffhanger. It opens a loop. Now you're like, crap, I need to close that loop. I need to figure out what happened to that character. So it brings you back in for a follow-up and you just continue to watch. Uh, some of them are much simpler than those cliffhangers. Uh, they're just a unfinished project that's been weighing on you all day long or perhaps for a week or two. It might just be you meant to call someone and you forgot and your brain subconsciously is reminding you something needs to be done, but until you stop and consciously think about it, you don't really realize, oh, crap, I needed to call my dad. Or maybe you owe them some money to the IRS and you really should just take care of it, but you're trying to stick it to the man by delaying that as long as possible. Find out the cause of this anxiety or stress, and then it's usually quite easy to see what actions you can do to reduce or eliminate it completely. And then doing that combined with that first tip of knowing that most of it doesn't really exist and the second tip of things are largely outside of your control anyway, you're going to reduce a significant portion of any remaining stress in your life. And finally, there are these things that are going to bug you no matter what you do. These are the stressors you end up just having to deal with. And I found that one of the best ways to deal with them is to write them down. This is the whole concept behind journaling. Journaling is a fantastic way to physically move thoughts in your, from in your head and get them onto paper. Now, they're not bouncing around in your noggin anymore. Your brain can kind of let go of them. And they're on that paper that if you need to come back to them, you can come back to them. Now, sometimes absolutely, there's absolutely nothing you can do about them. They're completely uncontrollable events. In this situation, it's fun to take that page out of your journal and light it on fire so you can literally watch the stress burn in front of your eyes. Or just watch a piece of paper burn because fire's cool. All right, so as I promised, I'm going to review a couple of books here. I'll start with one that I mentioned last week, Mark Manson's The Subtle Art of Not Giving an F. Flip. We'll use flip. Now, there are a ton of great lessons in this book, and it boils all down to why do you care so much? Is it really worth your time and energy? Now, he talks about his flippant view of life post-college days, and how not giving a flip about anything is just as bad as giving too many flips. But he sees that society, especially here in the U.S., we are overly stressed about a lot of things that we really don't need to be stressed about. Now, of course, reactions are 
posted all over the internet. We see these things all the time. They're the, they're the Karen videos, freaking out about the dumbest little things. And so the point of that book is find what actually matters, things that will make your life better and ultimately lives around people's lives, people around you's lives better, and put your energy into those. Care about that. The rest of everything else, really, who gives a flip? The next book is one called The Emotion Code by Dr. Bradley Nelson. This one took a little bit of thinking to kind of get behind it because it's a little bit woo-woo, but I think there is something there. I just, I need to explore this further. The premise behind this book is that there are trapped emotions in your body when things are not properly dealt with, and these trapped emotions manifest as physical limitations. For example, maybe you suffer from unexplained migraine headaches. And this emotion code says the source of these might be something that happened to you earlier in life that you didn't fully deal with. In other words, it's stress that wasn't resolved and that has turned into a physical hurt. This book deals with a lot of subconscious mind, energy, the whole idea that there's a, there's a lot that goes on inside of us that we really don't understand. And it helps to break down the walls before you go into thinking about this, before you go into reading this book, break down this wall that we have been... Uh, conditioned to believe that there's a mental you and a physical you. Really, they're, they're all one. Instead of ev everything is connected, everything is connected. And you are you, whether it's mental or physical. So part of this emotion code is you use your muscles to test what the trapped emotion is, why it's there, and how to get rid of it. And the part that loses me a little bit is that he talks about how passing a magnet over the governing meridian will release these emotions and instantly clear up the physical hurty hurt that's going on inside. I, I, I'm, I'll just have to look more into it, test it out, and see you know what this is all about. There is some power to magnets, I suppose, but I don't know exactly how this works. Finally... Uh, the third book, I'm actually about a third of the way through it, and it's called The Myth of Normal, Trauma, Illness, and Healing in a Toxic Culture. Interestingly enough, this one dives into other physical ailments, especially focusing on cancer, and talks about the strong correlation between... Uh, it talks about the strong correlation to uh, different mindsets and how they're... They relate to stressors in life. These stressors are generally in the form of trauma that was never fully addressed. Similar to the emotion code. But these stresses, a word I use that's a little more casual than it should be. Uh, the stress, the, the myth of normal talks about is generally more severe and terrible, like physical or sexual abuse as a child and that was never taken care of. So it gets holed up in the body and then later manifests as physical ailments. Uh, it's problems that Western medicine actually ends up compounding because they don't address that the body and the mind are all one 
and they're trying to treat them separately and independently. This book also talks about how if you don't give enough flips, it can actually cause a detriment in how you fight cancer. Uh, it says the people that are too easygoing have like their anger bottled up and they don't address it the right way. And so that actually ends up causing physical problems down the road. So again, as I said, I'm a mere 160-ish pages into a 500-page book. So I have a ways to go on that. Uh, if there's anything mind-blowing, I'll be sure to circle back around at a later date. So, But all three of these books, they're great for anyone that wants to learn more about the mind, about the body, stress, how to deal with them, how everything works together. And you don't even have to be left of normal in order, in order to learn from them. So I highly recommend checking them out. For now, you've had a peek into the world where everything left is right. And if it feels right, then it must be left. Thanks for tuning in. Please don't forget to like, comment, subscribe, join the Facebook community. Remember that stress is largely made up in your own mind and doesn't do anything to help you. So find out what's causing it and eliminate it as quickly as possible. And of course, share this with your friends, whether they're left, normies, or right. <laughs>